What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Uncensored Critic Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again for another episode. Much love to you all, to your families, to your mothers, etc. So uh, welcome back to another episode, and we have a great one for you today. A musical theatre aficionado in Mr. Alex Gage. Uh, Alex is yet another member of the GSA family. This is going to be like the GSA podcast at some point. So everyone I have on is from GSA. Uh, Alex is a pianist, a writer, and performer. Uh, some of his credits include My Fair Lady, uh, In the Choir at the Olivier's in 2016, Guys and Dolls, Chicago, The Punchline, a short film, Gifted, a short film, and Scam Me, a short film. And also his own work, Dead, a new musical, which he directed and wrote himself, which is on at GSA as part of Alex Gage Productions. And he is fresh from his recent tour on the Norwegian cruise lines as Angel in the smash hit musical, kinky boots and that is just a small sample of the work alex has done since he graduated uh, the guildford school of acting in 2017 so alex how are you mate <laughs> i'm all right thank you for that intro <laughs> <laughs> no, it reminded I... me of my own spotlight i was just like oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no i remember saying to you before we came on it was like I was going through it and I was thinking, how am I, I can't, I mean, if I read out his whole CV, I'm going to be here all day. Right. <laughs> it's, it's mad. But that's just like, it really truly is. I'm not sugarcoating it. It's a small sample of all the work you've done. I mean, it must be, must be quite proud of, because you've been out of drama school now for, is it now six, six years? Uh, I graduated in 2017. So yeah, yeah, six years. Six, six years. Yeah. How's, how's it been so far? It's been all right. It's been uh, challenging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tell me about um, it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it was it was a tricky start, actually, because, uh, y- you know, it took a long time to it took a lot of auditioning at the start and, you know, getting a lot of rejections mm. um, and being dropped by an agent at one point and then getting a new agent, at which point oh, wow. then I was able to get my my first job. Um, out of drama school that is which was kinky boots which i ended up doing twice and it was amazing fantastic well that's definitely something we're going to come on to today and um what's like your musical theater training your time at drama school and what's it been like since then i'm sure we'll go into a lot more detail but uh to begin at the beginning and start a question for everyone uh where did it all start for you man where did the love of musicals performing writing directing where did it all start where did it come from oh god uh ever since i can remember really um it's funny uh, I have a baby book. Do you, you have a baby book? Like baby, where they wrote baby. like, yeah. yeah, where they wrote down like how much you weighed and like all the kind of like fun little details of when you were yeah. born. Um, um, I think I, I think I did. It's been it's in a drawer somewhere. Maybe I hopefully I've burnt it or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think mine's actually got a lock of my hair in it, which is oh, kind really? of crazy, but like, yeah, the first haircut or something like that. I feel like it's taped in there. Yeah. Um, but in the book, it obviously I was a baby when when they when they, my parents filled it out but it said what do, what do you think he will be when he's older and it said on on the stage oh wow so I, I guess it's always been in me since I came out of the womb um <laughs> but I remember going to classes uh at seven years old oh, and we always had a piano as well in the house and my I have an older brother and an older sister um mm. who they both learned before me obviously and then so my, and my dad plays the guitar and it was just a very musical household anyway so yeah. it was kind of just ingrained into me mm. um but yeah started going to classes at seven um went to to college for it did a b-tech um and then yeah auditioned for drama school and went there writing I guess I've always been fond of writing really especially in school you know writing stories and stuff was always really fun for me 
but um but doing it seriously i guess i started writing songs oh yeah i started writing songs in high school at the end of high school um and then that came through and then script writing is also a huge passion of mine and so it's just kind of like slowly develops and became one of my main goals actually one of my main ambition is to kind of be a, a screenwriter or a script writer nice nice yeah. um, when it comes to writing like where, where do you start is it all from like a memory or is it kind of you see something in the street and you go yes that's really interesting or you write about that <laughs> is well, it sometimes it's that honestly yeah. my ideas come from the most random places it's, uh, quite a few ideas come from dreams so I'll wake mm. up and I'll be like, that was an interesting dream. That could totally be a story. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll be, I'll just be on the train and I'll, my, my mind will wander and maybe I'll see someone and I'll just kind of put a backstory to that. Or it's, it's, it's moments usually that kind of come to me. It's a, a moment that then I then develop in my brain and I'm like, well, what's the whole story? Mm. Um, but they can, they really can come from the most random places. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example that I can't think of right now um but yeah they're very very sporadic really mm. random I've never had to really search for anything mm. do you know what I mean when I say I've never thought I want to write a story but I don't know what about it's usually like I've got five million ideas in my head that I've just accumulated and it's like well I need to pick one <laughs> yeah. it's like you pick one and it's like it's like you get another thought which is what about me what about me and you're just like okay I only have time for one story right now <laughs> literally and I'm, I'm such a procrastinator as well and uh quite fickle in terms of I, I i will put all my energy into something and then i won't finish it but then i'll get another idea for this other thing and so then i'll, I'll move on to that and so i've got oh, honestly i was going through my laptop the other day and i've got so many unfinished scripts it's ridiculous i just need to learn to actually finish something and have some self-discipline <laughs> <laughs> and also that actually i forgot to mention um do you still keep up with your Instagram page, the um, uh, Mission Audition? Do you still keep up with that as well? That went on pause. That went on pause, obviously, when I went on the ship. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, Mission Audition was was designed – it was a business that I started at the beginning of 2020, 2021, mm. um, when the pandemic was happening. And I saw people doing all these businesses, and I was like, well, what can I – What can I? because I, I just wanted to have something to do mm. um, that included my skills. Um, it wasn't really to make money, but I thought I could possibly charge for it. Mm. Um, and then I thought, well, I play the piano. Um, I've directed before. I've, I've obviously, you know, you help your friends with auditions all the time. So I was like, well, maybe I could come up with something that that helps people with um, auditions and preparing for an audition. Yeah. So then I, I, I know how to. I have a keyboard. I have a laptop where I can uh, put back in, create backing tracks with it. Um, I have uh, self-tape lights and all this kind of stuff that I thought, well, maybe I could go to someone's house if they don't have that and I could help them and I could be the reader opposite and all this kind of different services. Oh, yeah, and, and piano lessons and singing lessons. Mm. Um, so I kind of put all that into one, one thing called Mission Audition, uh, which was really fun. It kind of achieved what I wanted to achieve in my own sense of um, uh, fulfillment. Mm. Um at the time and then obviously I had to shut it down when I when I went on the ship um mm. but now that we're out of the pandemic obviously people have a lot more access to their friends and so I think uh, I think if I was going to relaunch Mission Audition I'd have to condense it mm. to something uh, more specific 
for example the backing tracks is what i really really love doing i love creating them yeah um so i might have to go down that route um I've not I've not got around to thinking about it yet. I've only been back a couple of weeks. Give me time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, I, mean, I could um, I could put it in the description below, sort of like as a little link to the page if anyone's interested in looking for stuff. Or do you want me to kind of hold off for the moment until you get back in business? Do you think? Maybe hold off. Maybe yeah. hold off. When when are you planning on posting this? Uh, this? This pretty much goes out as soon as we finish. So um, I'm quite wow. quick. So, yeah. Um, so I right. can I can make people aware of it. Um, if you want, and then um. Sure. We go go from there really but um if not i can always edit the description so just get back in touch and say mission audition is is back or something like that right <laughs> go from there um but yeah but so but that's a good thing to say that guys if any of you want um backing tracks or anything you know alex's page mission audition on instagram uh it will be back soon uh <laughs> but so uh, it'll so alex will do the piano accompaniment as you said the self-tapes and stuff so if any of you, so I'm right in thinking that if someone wants a piano backing track to say, um, uh, um, let it go or something from Frozen, you'll be able to play it, record it and send it over to them. In a exactly way. right. And I can make it bespoke as well. So if you want a specific audition cut, then, you know, I can get rid of certain, like, to the point of getting rid of just like a bar or, mm -hmm. or, you know, whole sections. I can make it really bespoke and change the key as well. So if you wanted it in a different key, um, all this kind of stuff if you wanted a certain bit slower or whatever however yeah. you want to cater it to to your own performance i can i can create a track for that yeah and you i can you can take it up a semitone or down a semitone down a whole key or something like yeah that. any any key you like i can put it in it <laughs> perfect there you go guys so future audition tapes are coming your way now hopefully you'll get flooded with requests um <laughs> yeah it's all good um but yeah so you spoke about how um I mean, just before we talk, we came on, we talked a little about your experience of GSA and I'll just move on to your training because I think it'd be good to have, um, if anyone's watching or listening who's interested in musical theatre, you want to go to GSA or Central or any sort of top drama school to do MT, I think um, I think now is a good time to sort of talk about the experience, uh, what's required of you, what is the overall experience. And um, and I know we, we had some lessons, I think, um, over a year ago now, which is crazy, you know, probably even more than that. And um, I think I asked you, what was your experience of GSA? And you said it was um, some of the best yet most challenging uh, time of your life because of the training and stuff. But uh, before we get into that, uh, what was your, I'm, I'm just curious to know, actually, what was your audition song? How, how did you get in? What song did you have? My audition song was Santa Fe, I believe. Well, I auditioned for GSA twice. Okay. Um, the first time I, I didn't I didn't manage to get in, um, oh. but I did get into Chichester University and I actually ended up going there for a year whilst I re-auditioned uh, for the place. And I knew I wanted to go to GSA, so I re-auditioned again and got in. So the second, the when, when I got in, uh, I yeah, I, I took Santa Fe. Um, you have to take two songs? Um, was it one? It sounds familiar, yeah. Well, the, the one I remember is Santa Fe. And then we oh. had a dance round. Um, and, oh, yeah, and you had to prepare a monologue as well. That's right. You had to put a monologue, uh, yeah. which I think I took one from, uh, I think I took one from The Elephant Man, mm. yeah, which I can't well. remember at all now. I don't even remember how <laughs> that story goes, but there we go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so when you got to GSA, how would you sum up those three years and, you know, some of the best and yet challenging time of your life? What was it like in a nutshell for you, those three years? 
in a nutshell, God, how do you throw those years into a nutshell? Um, it it's a really crazy time because it's filled with so many different elements. Um, you're you're in every day, really early to 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 late. You're doing extra things on the side. It's exhausting, um, and you're trying to soak up as much as possible. Um, and then on top of that, you're also trying to make friends and have a social life, and you know, you being 18, 19, you just kind of want to have fun as well. So it's trying yeah. to find that balance. And then on top of that, it's also the thinking about the future, mm. you know, and what comes after GSA and trying to establish yourself so that you are ready for when you go out into, into the world. Yeah. Um, and then there's just all, all of this going on, which is why, you know, why I say it's some of the best and most challenging because it, for, the, for the fun parts, they're really fun. But then you're also battling with your own self, uh, self confidence, and mm. and thinking, am I good? Am I not good? Am I better than that person? You're comparing yourself to these people who you'll probably never even audition with anyway because they're completely yeah. different yeah. Uh, casting to you, casting bracket. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it can be really, really overwhelming. Um, and I, I, you didn't ask this question, but I, I was going to say, looking back. Yeah. I if I if I could give advice to myself back then it would be to have more um fun and when I say that I mean with the training um yeah. not being so worried about getting it right and yeah. more about just letting go and just having fun and trying things and being okay to I put it in quote marks fail because it's not yeah. really failing it's yeah. just trying something and and maybe it works maybe it doesn't work but that's that's not a failure that is totally a, a lesson a learning curve and that's mm. more valuable it's more valuable to get things wrong than it is to get things right absolutely absolutely i think um I, someone made a good point when i was there which was to say that it's called drama school for a reason you know the school element you know you go there to learn and fall flat on your face and then pick yourself back up back up again and and, and do it again you know the amount of times you know i thought i got a monologue down and then i'd go get up and do it and my brain would go what no. Right. <laughs> no. What, 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 I was like, "Where's the monologue for that we practiced?" Like, no, I, it's not there. I've, I've got the words, <laughs> uh, and that's okay as well because, like, you find out, like, if you if you spent time learning a monologue and then it kind of leaves your mind when you get to it, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. okay, so why did it leave my mind? What kind of overtook everything that made me forget it? And then you just, you know, what I mean, you can just always find the lesson in everything, mm. and that's a hard thing to to remember to do because you just think I got it wrong I'm terrible and I'll never work <laughs> that is very true it's very true you know and I think it's uh I think you learn so much about yourself at drama school as well did you find that you learn a lot about your yourself through your training yes absolutely the good and the bad <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As in you, you learn what you le you're growing up you are you are growing up and yeah, yeah. You, you know you don't stop well you don't stop growing up really do you yeah. um it's it's just emotionally mentally uh, a, a wild ride it really is but you yeah you learn so much about yourself mm. um and continue on I've been doing the during the cruise I, I learned so much about myself and feel like I've changed so much and obviously well the first one was seven eight months and the second one was well less than because it got cut short unfortunately but um 
but yeah, but when you compare it with drama school, which is three years, of course, you're going to change so much in that time. I think you think that you're supposed to stay the same, mm. just a better version of yourself. But mm. I mean, for me, at least I won't speak for everyone, but for me, I didn't, you know, I completely changed persons and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what would you say was like, um, uh, the day in the life of, of an NC student? Like, do, I mean, obviously you do different work first year, second and third, but what's like a typical day of, of life as an MT student at drama school? Yeah. Well, you wake up <laughs> yeah, uh, so. and probably going over and over any songs or any monologues or any kind of things that you're supposed to have known for that day. Um, every week you had to learn, I think about one, two, three, four, four, about five songs every week that you had to wow. different, different songs. Um, and then usually when we had accent classes, it was it was learning, I think, was it two monologues or was it one month? Maybe it was one monologue, one monologue a week. So that's already six things. And then if you think about any of the ballet exercises, tap exercises, all these things that you're supposed to know, it's all of that. So typical day is you get up early yeah. and you're going over everything that you need to go over. I think the first thing was usually ballet at half eight, I believe. And... Um, so you do an hour and a half of that, then it's straight into tap, an hour and a half of tap um, or jazz, tap or jazz usually. Um, then I think it came to lunch and you'd have either a voice lesson or ensemble lesson. Um, and then there was, there was a half hour singing lessons scattered out th throughout the day. Um, and you kind of do all those classes until it gets to about six, I think. And then after that, if you're if there's a show going on or you're rehearsing for something else, you know, if you're into GSA singers or if you're in GSA dancers, which I wasn't, so um, I didn't have to worry about that. Um, but, you know, then you've got that to go to or you've got your extracurricular things that you have to do. So it's a long day and that's five days a week. Wow. And then and then obviously the weekend, if you're working two jobs like I was, then yeah. you're working just to get money. <laughs> I mean there was um I, I listened to um your appearance on Ashton's podcast um Assisted Business before today and um so yeah shout out to Ashton and Amy uh so you, you mentioned um in that episode I think <laughs> I think Ash told a story that she walked in she was doing a it was one weekend she was going shopping in Guildford one day and she went into a shop and there's you on the till there and then she went to I think she went to this place called The Snug I'm not sure if that was another shop or a bar or something and then you yeah. were there as well <laughs> so. yeah there was a time when I was working three jobs at once <laughs> <laughs> yeah three jobs yeah that was uh, I remember that that was so funny because I was working at anthropology yeah. anthropology mm. which is a clothes shop um and I was oh I was working at the theater the the Ivanano yeah 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 um in the in the in the cafe um in the evenings and yeah and then I was also working at Snog Snog was the name of it it was a, it's a yogurt place oh like frozen, frozen yogurt yes. yeah I remember yeah just click now my head remembers that yeah. I would and that I was mean, when yeah. she saw me that was my first day there as well and my my best friend um Jed he'd been the, the who was the manager there so mm -hmm. I got a job quite easily and and he, obviously he trusts me already so he'd actually gone to I think work in the office um and left me just by myself and this was obviously my first day and I was just kind of managing so that's why it was so funny that she just saw me there and she was like are you are you just 
doing this by yourself? And I was like, yep. <laughs> God, it's like you turn off on your first day and the manager goes, okay, so you're you're in charge? Okay, bye. <laughs> right, exactly. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, it's only frozen yogurt at the end of the day. You just put toppings on and there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll be four pound, four pound 50, please. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> But how did you, because, you know, you mentioned there, like, you're in from, like, eight in the morning till late at night and stuff. So how did you balance just jobs on top of all that as well? You must have had no time to breathe at one point. No, more or less. I mean, I tried to isolate the jobs to the weekend, but I would, I think I would be at the um, at the theatre on Friday night and Saturday night. Hmm. Um, and then working at Anthropology uh, in the day. What, what did we do? I think it was usually 12 till four it was only four hours okay um but still it kind of it took it out of here so four hours saturday four hours sunday and i was working when i was working at snug that was over summer so mm. i was i was doing when i was doing three jobs that was over summer so i wasn't doing gsa at the same time yeah of course of course but yeah. still like all, all that on top of it um so yeah i remember speaking to again ashton about this and uh, i asked her so and again, I think this is kind of key, really, is that when you sort of face um, a really tough time at GSA, like you said, like five songs a week, a monologue, a dance classes, etc. Um, when you're faced with like a period in like your whatever year, first, second or third, where it, things are just piling up and piling up, what would you say was the best way to just get through it in a way? What would you say was a good, I, I know kind of get through it is kind of self-explanatory, really, but what would you say was like a good way of just like managing your time and making sure you've got everything learnt and down. So then you're not kind of panicking. Yeah. Like, well, I guess organization is obviously key. Um, and it's, it's not putting things off, which I was very good at putting things off. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's once you know that you have to do a monologue, then as soon as you get home, unfortunately you don't have time to rest. You just have to find it and and start learning as soon as you can yeah. um it's it's totally a memory exercise it's absolutely a memory exercise for, for a lot of it um and it does memory is definitely a muscle the more you memorize things the quicker you get the yeah. faster you know what i'm saying um and um but also it goes back to what i said before as well it's it's do it do the work yeah be organized and and do all the um things that you have to do to to get through it but i i wish i could go back and be like don't put so much pressure on it yeah. if you forget a line you're not gonna die you yeah. know yeah. you're not gonna get kicked out of the school and you're not gonna never work yeah just like if you forget a line it's fine if you fuck it up it's fine are we allowed to swear on this podcast yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, Fuck it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. It, I think that that's it. But it can. That's drama school has this kind of elitism. I think um, of and it, and you feel that pressure and you feel yeah. like you have to be perfect yeah. and be smashing it all the time. Yeah. And what I wish was um, said more and was advised more was that it's like it's okay and we understand. We understand that you've got pressure, but it's okay not to make that deadline every time or to not. It, it, it's a difficult one because it teaches a good discipline. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm all about it as much as I just said before that I've not got very good self-discipline. 
I've got good discipline when I'm being told what to do, you know, and, and it does, it teaches you that it teaches you to uh, be able to hand your, handle yourself in a, in a rehearsal space uh, as professionally as possible. And I've noticed that as well from doing the jobs that I did, um, Kinky Boots especially, um, I was very proud of and uh, happy with the discipline I had within a rehearsal space. Mm. I, yeah, I feel like it kind of reflects well, not only on me, but on, on the training that I had. Yeah. And how would you, and also it gives you um, uh, an idea of what it's like to prepare for a show as well, because I know in second year, the MTs do, well, the ones that I saw did like, a sort of like class showing in one of the studios and stuff. And then in your final year, you do a big production in the um, Ivy theater, mm. which is kind of the big theater on uh, on campus. So uh, what was it like? Uh, well, first of all, what shows did you do? Cause I know you did, did you do two in your final year or was it three? We did three. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, they do. They do a good job of, of kind of building up because in first year, uh, which actually is what that my fair lady thing is. They do you do kind of like an, an abridged version of it, and you perform that in one of the studios just to the rest of the school. Then at the end of second year, you do uh, we we call black box theatre, mm-hmm. um, and we did uh, we, we, which is when you do a musical, but it's kind of like it's minimal set and it's minimal everything really. You're just in a black box, just uh, yeah. a, one of the studios, um, and we did the wild party, but um, Lacuse's version. Um, which uh, was one of the funnest things ever. It was so great. It was directed by Philida Crowley Smith, mm-hmm. um, and a uh, musical directed by uh, Neil Bailey, um, who I think are both still there. Mm. I think in the R, might be. I I don't know the MT MT. Oh, I see. I see. I think they are still there. Um, yeah. And that was yeah, that was so much fun. And then yeah, leads into third year where the first uh, <clears throat> we do two shows we do three shows each individually Mm -hmm. um but uh we kind of split that the year and a half so uh, at the beginning uh, we did my half of the year did thoroughly modern Mm millie which is really fun and the other half of the year did oh oh no i don't remember (laughs) i don't remember what it was then we all did guys and dolls yeah and then we're at the, at the even Arno Theatre. Mm-hmm. And then we split again. And uh, my half of the year did a musical, a Kurt Vile musical review called Speak Low, mm-hmm. um, which was by Julian Wolford. He he created, put that together. And the other half of the year did Forbidden Broadway. Do you know mm-hmm. what that is? No. <laughs> Forbidden Broadway is like they, they do all the big musical numbers that you know, but it's kind of like a spoof version. So it's, okay. it's supposed to be funny. Okay. Um, but yeah, but Thoroughly Modern Millie was really fun. Guys and Dolls was really, really fun as well. That was that was great. That was really great. And we had such a great reception from the audience every single time. It was a really yeah. fun show to do. Fantastic. I yeah. I can't, believe, I can't believe I can't remember what the other half of the year did <laughs> against Thoroughly Modern Millie. No. Oh, catch me if you can. Catch me if there you can. You catch me if you can. Nice. But um, yeah, I always wondered about, you know, what was it like pre- preparing for that big shows like that in the, you know, the Ivy and stuff and the Yvonne and stuff. Um, yeah. So I think, um, funny enough, I remember p- preparing for today and I sort of Googled your, well, not Google, I went onto YouTube and just typed your name because looking for sister business. And there's an interview of yourself in there, actually in 
one of the studios <laughs> i think you were just I, I think you were one of those people at drama school who was just getting work as you were in drama school is, is that right um, no that is not the case that is not, the not? Case. no that interview uh, was it was with my old agency uh, that was oh, with right, Winterson's. Right. so they they interviewed me um for their website i think and i was you know i was i was a fresh grad and they they put me on their website and then they did an interview with me where they were asking questions like how was drama school um yeah. what was it like signing with winston's and uh all that kind of stuff so that's that's what that interview is <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny because any anytime someone googles me they find that video and i'm just like no <laughs> I, I think one of the answers that i gave did not make sense i think i said polar opposite things from the start of when i was speaking to the end of when i was speaking and i was like what am i talking about <laughs> no i think um no I, the reason why I, I sort of thought you were getting work already was because i think you you mentioned that you got your agent and you were getting like two castings like immediately like afterwards and stuff so you're getting yes. work, well opportunities auditions quite quickly yes yes they did they, they got me some auditions quite quickly after signing with them um and there were there were there were a good agency for, for get me some auditions for some big stuff um but over the two years that I was with them I just I kind of knew that I wasn't going to go straight to the West End um yeah. you know I wasn't going to dive right into this these big shows and and I, I knew that my career was just going to progress yeah um and and unfortunately that we we just couldn't serve each other that way myself and and uh the agency um and so after two years i knew i knew it was coming anyway and and we we let each other go okay. um and and now i then I, I found myself uh with apollo artist management mm. um which is a great agency really really enjoying it with them mm. um and they and they got me my first job, you know. And the the first audition that they put me on, actually, uh, I got the job, and I was yeah. just kind of like, "This is brand new to me. This is <laughs> this feeling is amazing." Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, they got me a job with I uh, with Viking Cruises, um, mm. but I didn't end up taking it because a couple of weeks later, I, I got King Boots on on uh, Norwegian cruise lines which is the job that I'd been trying for for so so long that was my sixth time trying for the job and wow. I and I finally got it and it was it was a really lovely it was a really lovely moment nice. yeah yeah so what I don't know anything about Kinky Boots I haven't seen it as of now but um, <sighs> yeah I've, but I hear nothing but good things about it I hear it's one of the quite a special um evening in the theater you know especially for any musical theater lovers or anything out there um who who is angel then who who is angel i know nothing about this person <laughs> <laughs> so uh, kinky boots is a story uh, about acceptance uh, and accepting people for who they are yeah. uh, and so charlie uh, who is the, the one of the main characters uh, he uh, unexpectedly takes over uh, a shoe factory that his dad had been uh, running, but uh, his dad passes, pass, passes away at the beginning of the show. Yeah. That's not a spoiler alert. It just happens at the beginning. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, And so he takes over the shoe factory uh, reluctantly mm. um, and it's failing. The business mm. is failing. Uh, mm. And then he meets a drag queen called Lola. Mm. Um, and and the, her problem is that they can't find uh, heels that can stand the weight of a man and can like you know he oh he's a drag queen did i say that already he's a drag queen okay. um and so 
Charlie gets this idea, what if the factory starts making kinky boots mm-hmm. um, for, for drag queens to wear for their shows? Yeah. Um, and that's the story. And so my part, so Lola has her angels. Uh-huh. Uh, she has six angels that are kind of like her, like a guest backup, but just kind of like on some like gaggle of gaggle of fabulous drag queens is, is mm-hmm. kind of a, a a quote from the from the musical. Uh, and I was one of them. And each angel kind of gets some kind of feature throughout it. I, each one kind of has their individual uh, niche that they do. So um, one of them is is uh, called the ref, the referee uh, who sings a number in the middle of the show and sings extremely high. So there's one niche. One of them is uh, can do a backflip in heels. So that's their niche. Another does a, a tour into splits. Wow. Uh, in heels that's their niche uh, but my niche was I wear a bikini uh, right. in one of the numbers and so I, I'm a rounds girl so I come out and I, I reveal that I, all I've got on is just like this gold bikini oh, nice. um, and so that was my niche is that I look okay in a bikini <laughs> good good I just I, I got this image of like yourself just sort of walking on stage one night and then suddenly you remember wait did I put it on <laughs> right <laughs> honestly that's a genuine fear it's like have i got all two pieces of my outfit on tonight <laughs> i see the director going alex you had one job <laughs> well that's it i was so forgetful i shouldn't probably advertise myself as forgetful but yeah don't worry, it, about it. Don't worry about it. it ended up that the angels would would before we started the show they'd be double checking everything and they'd be like have you got your lashes like one time i did the first number without lashes on have you got your earrings on? Have you got your wig on? I mean, I never forgot my wig, but have you got your wig on? Have you got your heels on? Oh, it, kind of, it kind of became a running joke. So, yeah, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I came out in just tights. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the director's going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's going, oh, not again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm sure he wouldn't do that. Um, but, yeah, but do you think, um, do you think it's still on in town, isn't it? It's still on in, in London, isn't it? Uh, no, 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 no! It finished in 2019. Oh, um, of course, yeah, yeah. It it had a run on Off Broadway um, recently. Uh, it went run. I don't know how long it ran for. Um, a good few months though. Um, and they're doing it regionally all over the US. So I'm hoping that it comes back to England because it is a yeah. really great show. It's a really, really wonderful show. Very heartwarming, very inclusive, and just like I said, it's about acceptance. So you can, can't really go wrong with that. Of course, yeah. I think if it comes back, in fact, when it comes back, do you think, um, and your agent manages to get you in the in the door uh, mm. to, you know, for the new cast and stuff? I mean, is there a role which you really want? Would you do, would you be an angel again? Or is there another role sort of in the supporting cast? Or would you go for a leading role that you really want to do? No, no, I think I'd go for the angels. I, I don't think I'd suit anything else. If anything, maybe when I'm older than maybe Charlie, but I think that's still yeah. a stretch. Um, the angel I just I, I am that I am one of the angels I, I'll never be anything else and that is absolutely fine with me I love I love it so much I love good it stuff. good stuff but yeah. it'll come back man I'm sure you'll have your opportunity again um, so that brings me on to um, life on the cruise you know I mentioned um, you were part of Norwegian cruise lines with the show and you took it all around the world or across the Across the seas is a cliche, but it's true. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, what was life like on the on the cruise? Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. It's it's, yeah. it's a very very different lifestyle. Very very different. Um, there's rules, yeah. um, rules and regulations that you have to abide by. Um, 
but you get to see some incredible places you know uh, I, I, we rehearsed in tampa in florida oh wow um on, on land that is um and whilst the part of tampa we were in there isn't much there, there, there's, there's a there's clubs and stuff in, in evil city which is very close by yeah. um and i just love that experience anyway you know you just you just with you're with your cast all the time because you share yeah. apartments and I actually met one of my best friends, uh, Reagan, there. We, he was one of the first people I met because we were sharing an apartment together. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're very close friends and um, it's really lovely. Nice. And he, um, and so we rehearsed there and then we fly to, for, for our specific contract, we flew to uh, Seattle in Washington yeah. um, and got on board the ship there. And then we did uh, about a month or two months of uh, going up and down the, the west coast of Alaska. So mm-hmm. seeing some incredible places, seeing glaciers, going on these amazing hikes. Um, and then once that stint is done, we then do uh, the Panama Cross. So we go all the way down the west coast um, of the United States. And then we go across and under. We go through uh, the Panama Canal, mm-hmm. um, also going past mexico and stopping at different ports in mexico we go through the panama canal which is an amazing experience if anyone ever gets the chance to go through the panama canal do it because it's really it's basically like these huge locks and then this huge ship going there's down this tiny canal it's it's kind of crazy um (laughs) and then we end up in miami and do uh go around the caribbean stopping at different ports in the caribbean um so being able to see places like that places that you'd never think to go or you know it would be, you know, for us living in England, it's expensive to fly all the way over there to, and go. So it's places that you maybe you would never would have gone. Um, and it's just lovely. It's really lovely. And the show itself is really fun. And you don't have to cook. You don't really, well, you have to clean to an extent. Um, and yeah, it was a really lovely contract. The first contract was crazy because it was coming out of the pandemic. All right. Um, and so actually we had a lot of restrictions. So actually when I said about getting off in Alaska, we didn't get off the ship for uh, about two, two and a half months. So wow. the whole Alaska stint, we didn't, we weren't able to get off. So it wasn't until my second contract with, with MCL that I, I was able to actually get off in Alaska. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to do it again, because I wanted mm. to do the contract properly. Yeah. You could actually but, yeah. explore like Alaska properly, like right, with no kind of restrictions in, in, in your way and stuff. Exactly. But, yeah. Exactly. So what was it? Um, because I remember again, I'm gonna. Um, I spoke to Ash about this as well about how, um, the reaction was like kind of different wherever you, wherever you went in the world and stuff. And you know, you're doing shows, even though it's the same core group of guests that you have on the ship. I mean, you mm-hmm. kind of get, you know, you get familiar with them and stuff. But did you get a different reaction to the show every night? I mean, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm sure it was a lovely experience everywhere you went. But did, was it a different reaction every time where the audience would like be laughing one night and the next day they'd be getting a really emotional reaction to it? Was there a diverse reaction to this to this thing? Totally, totally. There was, I mean, especially when you look at, say we're in, in the Alaska. Yeah. Uh, definitely the demographic of, of passengers were older in Alaska. And then when we go to Miami, the demographic is a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely get different reactions there. Um, being, in, being in the US, um well not just that for that reason um there's just you would get sometimes bad reactions not from the whole audience it'll be it'll be 
it'll be individuals who don't enjoy the show at all because of the drag queens and because of oh. uh, the types of, of people that are in it. Right. That's their prerogative, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the majority of people um, love it. They absolutely Good. love it. You know, they, yeah. they leave the show feeling just happy. And um, we, we would get loads of really lovely comments. Uh, one that sticks out in my mind is that um, someone left a comment because you can write comment cards for, for the different parts of the shift, different entertainment mm-hmm. or crew or whatever. Um, and so we left a comment card that said that it, it completely uh, changed their mind about, about certain things and it caused them to, to go to their children who were also on board, their teenagers, mm. and, and apologize to them and... and mm. And I, I don't know what their situation was, but he, he just said that, told them that they could be whatever they want to be and they apologize for any kind of like repression that they may have put yeah. upon their children. And it can, that's the thing about Kinky Boots and why it is so special is it, it can change people's minds about things. I mean, there's I, I, I'm laughing when I say that because one of the quotes in the show is you change the world when you change your mind. Um, but it's true <laughs> it's, it's true, true. and true. it's worked it's, it's done yeah. it to, to many people and that's why it was such a wonderful show to be part of and why it was so important to have it on the shift as well and have it shown to all these people that might not necessarily actually go to new york to watch the show or go to the theater you know they went because it was part of their ticket cost and you know they might as well because it's there or their wife dragged them along or whatever or their mm. children said i want to go see that um mm. and you reach out to a demographic of people that yeah might not have seen it otherwise and mm. it was it was really wonderful really really wonderful yeah i think it's a very good um uh, discipline thing for you as performance as well because as you say if someone doesn't like the, the the performance stuff and you know just being a just being an idiot about it or you know because <laughs> as you say it's a it sounds like a really lovely musical like you say about acceptance and if some people have issues with that then you know as you say it's their prerogative and stuff um but i think it, it's did it teach you a lot about discipline of just how to keep keep the performance going as they say the show must go on etc but when you know when you were when you are faced with a tricky audience did you did it teach you how to just keep going basically just keep going just keep the story going stay passionate about it and just not care about what anyone else thinks well, the thing was, I was never re- truly aware of anyone in the audience that wasn't really enjoying it, apart from in- unless they were in the front row and they've just sat there with their arms folded just like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never really truly aware of it. And and the only, I put in quite much trickiness of an audience is just if they were quieter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and if they were quiet, then, you know, maybe we'll come off stage and be like, oh, they're a bit quiet tonight, aren't they? But then you realize when it gets to the end they're mm. all on their feet and they're all cheering and they're all clapping and mm. so uh, sometimes you just kind of give the give the audience the benefit of the doubt that actually they are enjoying it they're just not as vocal as as other audiences have been um so uh, but i guess to answer your question when when you're not able to do the show for the audience then you do the show for you you know mm. you you perform it because you love it um, and we did or the whole cast. We we loved it so much. So if if mm-hmm. we weren't getting uh, at least a vocal response from the audience, then we'd just be doing it for us. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just do. I think and, and another another thing they teach you. I think uh, drama school. I think in life in general is just if you if you're enjoying something and you're if you love what you do, then it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. You know, and just 
keep going with it and yeah and on that yeah if, if you if you're enjoying it the audience is going to enjoy it more yeah um and that goes through with what i've learned as well and what i'm still trying to keep myself accountable for is is, is auditions yeah. and making sure that i just enjoy the audition and just like i'm just getting to sing for, for in front of people like if i think of it more as just like a very intimate performance rather than an audition then I can at least enjoy it more and they'll feel that enjoyment as well exactly exactly yeah I love to hear what um stage stories you have do you have any funny moments that have happened on stage or uh any moments that you... I don't I don't want to bring up bad memories or anything I don't want to say what's the time when things didn't go right but... <laughs> <laughs> so, no. um, uh, well yeah, yeah with, anything like that with Tinky Boots uh, it's a very technical show in the sense yeah. that there's a lot of props and there's a lot of uh we have this big unit that, that gets moved a lot um and you have to break it when you know you flip a switch and it breaks it so that it doesn't roll around everywhere yeah. and on top of that in one of the numbers um we you watching well, in several parts of the show there are treadmills mm-hmm. right so they're kind of about um a meter and a meter and a bit off the ground mm-hmm. and they have like these big bars that you can you can help that that helps you to kind of like push them and move them yeah um and in one of the numbers it's a lot of the dancing is on the treadmills mm. um and we move them around the stage and stuff and now the the treadmills have to be charged um and sometimes the batteries fail <laughs> and sometimes you'll be some will be because you, you'd have to like slide through sometimes so you, you hang onto the bar and swing through and land on the treadmill so then for it to roll you off mm-hmm. sometimes you just land and it would just be stopped and you could just have to <laughs> shuffle, shuffle yourself up and out <laughs> there was times when that happens but also um there was a time when because we move it into a line at one point and then someone rides it all the way across but one of them had stopped which was one of the ones in the middle Mm. And so she starts going across and she's screaming at this point. She's just like, ah, it's part of the show. She's going, ah, and she just gets the one that stops and she goes, ah, ah, ah. And then she just <laughs> rolls herself onto the floor and then just r- runs off. And then, oh, then the people that had to get that treadmill off, it just was not moving. And oh, luckily, man. luckily it wasn't me. And everyone has to go for a quick change at that point as well. So everyone else is just like, <laughs> I'm worried about myself. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you see the issues, like, okay, just slip away. <laughs> just right, go, exactly. I think I actually quickly. waved at them. I waved. I was just like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got somewhere else to be. I don't can't get up somewhere. Right. That's great. Now, <laughs> I got a quick change to do. <laughs> now, would you recommend the whole um cruise line experience to any actors who are starting out or would like to get involved in it just the experience of doing that around the world would you recommend it absolutely i would absolutely recommend doing a ship at least once in your life um some people it's not for them um you know i've got a few friends that and the reasons that they gave uh, are very very valid and you know there are people that they are the people that i wouldn't be like no you have to just because they say they get very very seasick or you know they uh struggle with claustrophobia or things like that i i never felt claustrophobic and none of us really felt claustrophobic purely for the fact that the ship is very very big and you can get off the ship it was very different obviously after the pandemic when we couldn't get off the ship then it did feel a bit like of course okay uh cabin fever um but it's it's an experience 
unlike any other, you, you get to travel and see these great places and you get to meet some wonderful people from all over the world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and and get to work with some incredible people. You know, I've now got some incredible friends who live in New York, you know, and they're, they're across an ocean, but they're still a close friend and will be for a very, very long time. Yeah. And it means as well that I've got people to go see when I go and visit New York and, and think you just make these connections that otherwise you probably wouldn't have done. And a lot of them at that. Um, and we were very lucky that the show that we were doing, whilst it was condensed slightly, so that it was a, a one-act show, mm. um, or rather just a show without an interval, um, it was the original production. It mm. was the original choreography. It was the original uh direction original everything and the people the director that i worked with was the the broadway people bar jerry mitchell jerry mitchell wasn't there for our one um who was the original director for a director and choreographer um but i was working with rusty maori and db barnes and i think i hope i just got his surname right anyway um but (laughs) it's gonna be awkward if it wasn't right db is his name anyway (laughs) um you know, I I got to work with them, and I wouldn't change that for anything. And you know, it shows that I wanted to do it again. I and I would absolutely hands down do it again. It was an incredible experience, and yeah, um, especially a great thing. And and it teaches you a lot about yourself as well. I I feel like I've changed in many many ways for for the good as well. You know, you go, it like drama school. You do go through the bad stuff as well. You can you can because uh, it's such a close uh, you're in close quarters with the same people for a long time yeah. um, you know friendships develop quickly relationships develop quickly um, and also decline quickly sometimes if it's if, uh, you know if it goes wrong um, but yeah but all again it's just all things to learn from and you there's just nothing that you can go through where you can't learn something from it is what I tell myself all the time. It, and it helps me get through them because I just think, rather than thinking, well, this is shit, I think, okay, well, what can I learn from it? Yeah. Um, and that just makes me feel a little bit better that I've grown from it. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's that's really good advice, I think, for anyone. And I think um, this also brings one to um, auditions and stuff. You know, like, do you have any advice for, like, best preparation for auditions? Do you have, like, a ritual? Do you have like a routine what's uh i know you mentioned earlier that the best thing you want to do is just to enjoy the experience you just enjoy auditions more and i'm exactly the same um but when when it comes to i you know i haven't trained in tap or contemporary dance or anything like that i've got the uh the vast skill set that you mts have but (laughs) but uh but you know what would it so what's it like preparing for an audition where you know you're gonna be asked to sing you're gonna be asked to do a monologue or dancing and stuff you know um yeah what did you have a routine do you have a ritual what what do you do to best prepare um i don't i don't know if a routine i don't think i have a specific routine um but like if they what they they ask you for two contrasting songs then pick i'm talking to myself i'm not going to tell anyone what to do but i'm talking to myself Mm -hmm. um pick two songs that you know very very well you know and that you're comfortable with Try try as much as possible to avoid finding a new song. Yeah. That that then you're going to worry about because you're like, will 
I remember the words, but I'm not like I have to learn every single note so that I know exactly what I'm doing, you know, and it's the auditions in three days. Yeah, I, I, I will try and pick songs that I already know really, really well and that I know I can sing. Um, and anything else that you don't have to prepare, you know, maybe there's a dance floor. Um, you just I. All you can do is this is, again, what I've been telling myself recently. All you can do is bring yourself the product you are the product show them what that product is mm. and be like do you want it or do you not want it and if they don't want it then they don't want it if they do want it great but you cannot i, I keep saying you as in, i'm talking to myself you cannot be something you're not you cannot mold to every single job that's right it's there's no use there's, there's no use in that because you'll kind of always just be a, a watered down version of what you are you might as well just know what you can do. Take yourself to the audition room and say, "This is this is me. Do mm. you want it?" Um, and I think that also for me that takes the pressure off as well because I'm not trying to impress someone. Yeah. I'm not trying to to be what I think they're looking for. I'm just trying to be me and and sell myself rather than sell myself to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, present what you do and like your essence your you essentially and yeah. present you to the to the panel in a way and also i think another thing is that the panel want you to do well as well they're not there to try and catch you out or anything it's like <laughs> you don't walk into the room and they're going i hope you do the worst audition of your life and you're going to remember this for the rest of your career and it's like no 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 they're not trying to do that they want they need to solve this puzzle they need someone to be an angel in kinky boots who loves the material and would absolutely love to do it all over the world or in london or whatever it is and you know yourself you walk in and you go this is how much i love the material this is me this is what i do and they're going oh and i can probably heavily assume that they, that they went this is who we need fantastic mm. we don't we don't need to look anymore we've got this guy alex gage and he's he's our guy and i think and it goes towards anything you know i think any sort of tv drama or any audition like the panel is on your side and you don't need to to fear the panel in any way i mean if that mm. makes sense totally and I, and actually on what you just said i don't think it it i think it rarely is um oh this is totally the person we've been looking for sometimes it is but actually i think most of the time it's just like we've actually got these five people that would be incredible for this role. Like how are we going to pick this? Well, this person can do that, but this person can do that. Or this person looks that way. And then when we pair it with this person, like do the, you know, there's, there's 9 million things yeah. that, that go into casting a show that details that you'll never even think about. And the uh, things that are going on in their heads that you just won't know. You can't control it. You can't read minds. You just don't know. And so if you get a no, it's not a reflection of your talent. It's just technicalities mm. that you can't control, um, which is a really hard thing to kind of accept. So I definitely find, a hard, uh, find it hard accepting that. But it is technicalities most of the time because we've all had training. We've all, we've all refined our skills. We're all good at something. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's usually not a reflection on the skills. It's a reflection on just technicalities. Yeah. And I think even if you are given a job, which is a little bit further out from what, you know, is a stretch for yourself, you know, mm. I mean, you know, I think if I was given something that's a little, quite a departure for me, I'd still be like, yeah, well, I'm still going to have a go. I'm still going to. Exactly. Out. Yeah. 
because you can again fill it with yourself fill it with the way you do it and then maybe that you know maybe it is what they're looking for but you know if it is a bit of a stretch out then it's just kind of like well I'll bring myself to it rather than change myself to fit that Mm. um and and yeah going off of what I was just saying as well with with kinky boots you know it wasn't the case of this is the guy we've been looking for and there's no one else because Mm. I tried for it six times in front of the same people every single time uh apart from once um and always getting this close yeah and and it never it never faulted in my mind that I was like no I know I can do the show I know I'm right for this part they know I'm right for this part but it just becomes a technicality and and unfortunately I did get rejected five of the six times you know um but six times a charm as they say as they say as they say um i'd love to i just got a few more things um for you today alex before we sort of finish um i'd love to ask you about your experience at the olivier's in 2016 <laughs> when you're in the choir um because if anyone doesn't know gsa has some really good links with the olivier's every year and um it was yeah it was interesting to read that you i think it was was it you and your year group you managed to get to the to the olivier's and performed in the choir that was part of the show yeah, I can't remember. I don't think it was just our year group. I think it was it was all years and anyone who could and wanted to do it, maybe. Okay. Um, I can't quite remember because I think it was the second year at the time, um, which is a very long time ago now. Um, and uh, yeah, it just came. It just came up um, because it was a, it was a it wasn't the Olivier's. It was an it was an anniversary celebration thing. I think. Yeah. Um. And Maria Friedman was running it, um, and brought a lot of guest stars as well to to sing. Mm. And we were we were basically the choir um that sang behind them. Um. I think we sang with for "Sit Down, You Rock in the Boat" with. <gasps> oh, I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name, but we sang. Yeah, we sang backing for that. Um, and a few other songs. Um, but it was a it was a great experience. I mean, being in that theatre uh, was lovely. We got a coach there from GSA, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, it was just really fun. And and you know, we we got to work with with a name like you know Maria Friedman, and she she came into yeah. GSA and was helping teach our songs. And so did the guy that sung "Sit Down, You Rock in the Boat," and I can't remember his name. <laughs> See, I told you my memory is uh, just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good, man. But um, yeah, so did you do that at the? Um, I should probably know this, but I don't. So sorry about that. That uh, you did it at the Albert Hall, or did you do it? No, we did it oh. at the at the theatre. That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's next to the South Bank Centre. Uh, Royal Festival Hall. That's it. That's yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh wow, that's spectacular. That's spectacular. Yeah, it was. It was a great space. A really great space. Mm. Um. Yeah, it was it was fun. Definitely very fun. Yeah. Would do it again. Would recommend. I'd recommend, yeah. Royal Festival Hall, Olivier's <laughs> guys. Yeah, and guys. Get, <laughs> famous a chance. Famous yeah, people. Yeah, famous people that you can't remember who they are. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see anyone in the crowds that you recognise? Any heroes of yours watching on? No, I couldn't see that far. <laughs> it's a big space. It's a really big space. But we we, we sung with um with uh I think Scarlet um Oh, what are the sisters called? Oh, Scarlet, uh, uh, Scarlet, Scarlet City, and um, somebody else. 
<laughs> anyway. Anyway, Scarlet, Scarlet and Co. Let's say that. <laughs> Scarlet and Co. And, and other, do you know what? Cut this bit out because I can't remember anyone's names. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they're big people anyway. I just can't remember it. anyone's Thank names. I'm anyway. terrible. <laughs> um so just got two more questions for you man um i'm curious to know what's your because you know you, your love of kinky boots and stuff you know like, and you mentioned charlie and stuff like that but is there another role in another musical that you'd love to play one day what's your dream role or indeed acting role any, any dream role across anything mt mm. or oh it's a difficult question that one um there was a long time where i really wanted to play jamie and everybody's talking about jamie i yeah. feel like that yeah. is a role that I could do and could do really well. I don't know about now. I don't know if I'm too old for it now, which is scary to say, but <laughs> it's that one. Um, yeah. Oh, Cats. Cats. Yeah. It's a, mus- a musical. I, I, that's the first musical I ever saw and still is one of my favorite musicals, right. um, much much to the dismay of others. Um, but I'd love to play any of the cats, any of them, and I would I'd be happy. So, yeah. yeah. They're right. the ones that kind of spring to mind. Nice, yeah. <laughs> cats. That was good. We'll come back to the. We'll come back to town, and he'll. You'll be there on the on the poster with all your makeup and your fur on and stuff, and which will be great. Yeah, but I'll be playing old Deuteronomy, and I'll be I'll be the old person. I'll be too old by then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> never say it's a cat. I'd never say never, man. Oh, fantastic. Alex, this has been so much fun, man. I've loved listening to your stories. I've loved hearing about the cruise and your time at GSA and stuff. I think, um, yeah, you provide some really, really helpful stuff. I think anyone who's listening or watching who wants to go to um, and study musical theater, I think, you know, as you say, it's, you know, it's a tough discipline and preparation is key, but it's fair to say that you, you really loved those three years. As well, I know there was challenges, but would would you say that you really did get a lot of that out of those three years and enjoyed yourself? Totally, and I think the biggest thing was the connection of friends. Absolutely, the people that I trained with and the uh, support that we had for each other. And and I don't think you can get well. I don't think I could have got through it on my own. Um, yeah, having those people there, well, you you're in it together. You're in the trenches together, basically. Yeah. Uh, um and that's that's the most important thing yeah you, it's just filled it's, it's it's an invaluable experience definitely yeah for sure is that the right word invaluable invaluable yeah yeah invaluable yeah. and invaluable yeah. you know what i mean yeah a bit i know did you um i'm sure you guys had time for social life as well because guildford's such a lovely city for for stuff you know God, we we went to Ali Bar in Guildford uh, for our oh, final. Yeah, yeah, I, for our, that was a good bar. Yeah, we did our showcase, and then we went to Ali Bar. We're out till like two in the morning, getting dirty pizza at two thirty in the morning. It was oh, <laughs> so much fun. That sounds uh, delightful. Yeah, it it was, and it wasn't at the same time. But it was good fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> all the same but Guildford's lovely it's all good um mm. yeah man so just yeah I'm sure people listening and watching to this would really just really value your words and everything about how important it is to enjoy drama school and but be prepared and just know that you are you like you work as a team there as well and um and everything in between and you know you've sold the idea of of cruises as well and kinky boots and everything I'm sure you'll be one to look out for and plus you've got some cool auditions coming up we don't have to talk about them in the episode if you want to keep them <sighs> hush, hush. but um but you yeah, know but you've yeah but you know you're out there you're auditioning and stuff and i'm sure we'll see you on 
in town or the big stage at some point and uh, seeing what you fingers do. crossed it's gonna happen <laughs> mate. Don't worry. and just just one final question for you today this is a finishing one for every episode uh what's been an experience or experiences that you've had in your career up to date like at drama school or any of the work you've done since then that you're never ever gonna forget um <laughs> oh god you finished with a hard one aren't you um that i'm never gonna forget um just any experience yeah and any experience that you've gone wow that i will never forget that that's really meant a lot do you know what one of the one yeah one of the biggest moments for me is um is the moment that I found out that I I'd got King's Boots. That was that was a moment I'll never forget because um, I'll try and shorten the story as much as possible. But obviously I'd been dropped by my agent and and signed with a new one, and I'd signed with um, someone called Cleo, um, mm. who was uh, kind of like the assistant agent, agent's assistant, but she was starting her own books within the agency. Um, so I was one of her, one of the first five that she signed and I was her first boy that she mm. signed. Um, and then uh, after a few weeks and she was putting me audition, uh, up for auditions and stuff, but including King Cubits, um, but she decided uh, that she actually, she wanted to take a different direction and she didn't know that until that point. Um, so she brought me in for a meeting. I thought I was in trouble, but uh, I wasn't. She and she let me know that she was actually going to be leaving the agency, um, and that, that I would be absorbed into the into the rest of the books with, with under Michael Harris. Right. Um, and obviously, that was just a really emotional experience because we got on so well. We yeah. really, really got on uh, from the first moment we met each other, and so it was just emotionally sh- and and sad. But uh, she was doing the best thing for her, and I was, I was always going to support that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, then uh, I auditioned for King of Boots and was waiting to hear. And uh, I remember it, it became it was her last day in the office, mm. and so I messaged her and I was like, "Is today your last day?" And she yeah. she was like, "Yeah, it is. Uh, are you able to come into the office uh, for a bit?" And I said, "Oh, I can't. I'm just about to start work." Um. And so then she starts calling me. So then I pick it up and I'm like, "Hello," and she's like, "Is this the last time that I'm going to get you before you go into work?" And I was like, yeah, why? And she said, do you want a last bit of good news on my last day? And I said, what is it? She said, you've got kinky boots. And this is this is years of, this was several years of trying to get into that show and always getting this close and getting yeah. very disappointed every time. Yeah. And when she told me that, that I got it and when that I got it with her and on her last day wow. and that I was going to be going to do this show that I dreamed of doing for so, so long, it was it makes me emotional to, to to talk about it and think about it now because I still remember how it felt that moment when I'd been told um I obviously burst into tears um and that that's that's a moment that I will never ever forget and I'll always be thankful for for her and for for that agency and for this show wow. as well yeah it was wonderful yeah. yeah it's a great lesson in like never give up as well you know sixth time of trying and yeah. you get there you know <laughs> right eventually if you try if you try enough times maybe they'll take maybe they just they just felt sorry for me they're like come no, on no, in no, no, no. come on no 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 that's not what i mean that's not what i mean 
yeah that's not what i meant at all no, they, they recognized um you know and i think you know you, you fit the puzzle at the right time and i think and right time right place totally yeah, exactly yeah and you know you know even if it was you know but you kept trying and trying again you know that's a testament to like your strength as well of just you know you want something and you've got it and you know you know, don't give up and that's where you ended up and of course i'm sure you deserve every everything you've done man and everything you're going to do in the future so wow, thank you thank you um, so much no no my pleasure man but yeah god i'm good i'm getting a bit emotional out of that story as well you know just, like, <laughs> just imagine you that feeling when you get something that you really wanted you never gave up and then that must have been yeah, that must yeah have been, it's, that's it was the, it was the whole journey i think it was just it was very overwhelming it was just the the time it took to get there and the the the, the work that i yeah the work that i put into it um was and it paid off absolutely. yeah and it paid off with the contracts as well because i had the best times yeah there you go perfect man yeah. <laughs> alex thank you so much this has been so much fun thank, thank you for your time and for, for your stories i've really really enjoyed it really enjoyed thank it. you thanks so much for having me on oh yeah no no worries man and i, I look forward to your future work and um yeah and good luck with your auditions next week as well yeah thank you fingers crossed i'll try and enjoy them i'll try and take my own advice <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you're gonna be great man but uh, if you just hang on i'll i'll finish the recording i'll say goodbye to you one to one but uh uh but yeah guys thank you what thank you for watching thank you for listening this has been the uncensored critic podcast and i will be back very soon and once again alex thank you thank you